You're listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. All doctors deal with disgruntled patients, but having a patient with a personality disorder can give way to disruptive behavior that affects not only your support staff, but your other patients as well. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Shira Johnson. Joining us today is Dr. Larry Robbins, Assistant Professor of Neurology at Rush Medical Center College and the Director of the Robbins Headache Clinic in Northbrook, Illinois. Today we're examining the challenges of seeing patients with personality disorders. Welcome, Dr. Robbins. Hi, glad to be here. You know, there's a wide spectrum of uh, personality disorders, and these can often cause problems for your patients or your staff as well. Can you give us an idea of the numbers? Well, it is a spectrum, just like with ADD or bipolar, and approximately 10 to 13% of people or so have strong features of a personality disorder. Recently, there was a study out of Finland looking at all the men in Finland as far as personality disorders, and it ended up about 12.5-13%. There are a number of personality disorders that we can talk about, some of which are more dangerous and difficult than others. In general, the characteristics do include lack of insight, poor response to therapy or other therapeutic interventions, difficult with attachment, sense of entitlement, a lot of anger, creating chaos, and many people don't have one exactly good category of personality disorders. They flip between different types of personality disorders, and they do range from mild to very severe The patients often flip between victim, persecutor, and rescuer. They'll come in as a victim into the medical office and then can turn persecutor, particularly on the doctor. When they do turn persecutor, and I've had a couple patients turn this on me, they can be very dangerous to the person that they've set their sights on, not just with doctors, but also lawyers, accountants. When you hear about somebody getting uh, shot in their office by an angry person. Often it's a paranoid personality disorder who had the person in their sights. And they often, the personality disorders often create chaos and drama and create chaos within a medical clinic. So you're telling us that there's a wide range of severity and that this can vary between different types. Can you tell us some more about your personal experiences? Well, I've had a couple patients who flipped from victim to persecutor on me. One paranoid personality disorder who all of a sudden decided that I was the reason why everything was horrible in the world that day. And nothing different had happened except in the last five years. And it really uh, raises great legal and department of regulation problems. It can be scary to the staff. And I look back a number of years ago how I treated that, and I think that I would have done things differently if I had recognized that the person was a paranoid personality disorder. The severe borderline personalities who are addictive patients can create problems. The mild personality disorders or the people who are avoidant or dependent personality disorders don't tend to create problems for a medical office. It's really the angry, the suspiciousness, uh, the sense of entitlement, the narcissism. And then when they flip on the the doctor's office and decide that you are the reason why everything is bad, it can be a a really ugly sight. You know, I'm sure every primary care provider out there is going to recognize his or her patients in some of these descriptions. Can you tell us a little more about the paranoid personality disorder and how you'd recommend dealing with them? Well, the paranoid personalities are not that common. Every spree killer that they evaluate psychiatrically happens to be a paranoid personality disorder. But it only takes one to ruin somebody's life or to ruin their medical clinic. The paranoids tend to be non-trusting, very suspicious. They view the world as dangerous. They see themselves as constantly being mistreated. 
Uh, they tend to be secretive. Uh, they're reluctant to confide in others. And they really doubt the loyalty of anybody around them. Think of some of the horrible rulers, uh, Stalin, uh, Saddam Hussein. Actually, states, horrible states like North Korea, can act like paranoid personality disorders. But they tend to bear severe grudges. You don't have to say anything. They have a very slight, uh, thin skin, and they'll uh, bear a severe grudge against you. They become angry very easily. And they can flip and become violent and dangerous. And they've been known to kill healthcare providers, uh, their lawyers, their accountants, uh, their wives. These are can be dangerous folks, particularly during stress, like during a divorce. Do you try to placate them, or are these patients you refer out? Well, I think that uh, dealing with a paranoid personality disorder, you have to recognize the person. If they're more than very mild, uh, I think that it takes a village to raise a personality disorder. And the idea is to get other villagers involved. Don't go it alone. So we refer to psychiatrists. We refer to therapists, other doctors. If they have pain, we'll try to get pain specialists and other people involved. Uh, because if a doctor goes it alone and tries to take care of everything with, with a personality disorder, sometimes it's too much legally and uh, too much responsibility. But if they're more than mild, if you recognize that they're paranoid, suspicious, angry, uh, I personally wouldn't wait to be in the line of fire. I tend to dismiss those patients. Uh, it's complicated dismissing patients, but I think it's very important. Some clinics hold on to all of these patients, and it ends up as a problem. If you look out in the waiting room and you and your staff see somebody that you shake your head, oh, my gosh, I don't want to see that. It's horrible, and you're afraid. Maybe you ought to think about dismissing some patients. Now, the antisocial personality disorder, um, everyone who's ever seen The Sopranos on TV is going to tell you that they can recognize these patients in their practice. What can you tell us? Well, they tend to be scam artists, sometimes exploitative. They see themselves as better or superior. Think of uh, Scott Peterson. They don't have the part of their brain that tells them that this is wrong. They can plot and kill their spouse and, and not really care. So a lot of the datelines in 2020s on TV revolve around antisocials who've killed somebody that uh, are close to them, or the pastor who turns out not to be a real pastor, moves into a church, steals all the money. Uh, very often they're antisocial. And they can be very charming. They're deceitful. For drugs, they can look uh, very good. They come in and have an elaborate story about how they were treated for cancer and need pain medicines, and they can produce records, and it all turns out to be a fraud and a front. They really have spent a lifetime fooling people. The, the prisons are full of antisocial personality disorders, and they can uh, end up um, uh, abusing drugs very easily. So we think Tony Soprano or John Gotti uh, as an antisocial personality disorder. So these we may recognize by their drug-seeking behavior and their rather obvious personality traits. But what about the borderline personality disorder? I think that's a lot more difficult uh, for a primary care doctor to pick up on and deal with. What can you tell us about your experience with that? Borderlines are a little bit more common. If they're a mild borderline, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be too much of a problem. But they tend to have a poor self-image, instability of mood, they have pervasive abandonment fears. There's an identity disturbance. They are you. You are they. They burst into your office, and uh, instead of calling you Dr. Smith, it's, uh, hi, Johnny, how you doing? And they want to go into business with you, and uh, there's major boundary issues, major problems. They tend to be impulsive, sometimes suicidal. The borderlines often get suicidal in their 30s, late 20s and 30s, because everybody's abandoned them by now. The, the family is sick of them. Their friends have abandoned them. They're alone in their apartment, 
and uh, they tend to get more suicidal. And there's actually been studies on suicide and borderlines. Uh, a mom with children is not necessarily protected from suicide if they're a borderline. They're actually more likely to commit suicide if they have kids. So kids don't protect us from the suicide, unfortunately. Uh, they're very impulsive, and they do have AXIS-1 problems. We're talking about AXIS-2 here in DSM, but they do have depression, anxiety, which can be treated also. So in these borderlines, we're seeing that they can become better or worse over time. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Shira Johnson, and we're speaking today with Dr. Larry Robbins about the challenges of patients with personality disorders. Dr. Robbins, what can you tell us about narcissistic personality disorders, and do you see these in your practice, and how do you handle them? Well, we do. Narcissistic personality disorder is a little less common than borderline and antisocial. Uh, it's a little more in men. The people see themselves as being above others, think of self and uh, sense of entitlement, anger, they're grandiose, they feel very self-important, and they can fool you too. There is a spectrum of the personality disorder, so they often have a little bit of the scam artist in them. Uh, the person who comes in and tells you that he's swimming three miles a day, and he has two businesses, and he's a multimillionaire, and it turns out all to be not true, it may be a narcissistic personality disorder. They really have a true sense of entitlement. They always need admiration. They have a very, very thin skin, just like paranoids. So a comment, even a little bit off, they can go on an anger tear against somebody. And when your boss has a narcissistic personality disorder or coworkers, it can be an awfully bad problem. Sometimes they rise to the heads of corporations, et cetera, because uh, they're hard driving and uh, it can be a huge problem. Uh, examples of narcissists, that uh, we think of a personality disorder as General George Patton, probably. Michael Douglas' character, Gordon Gecko in the movie Wall Street, was uh, interesting. Actually, Nicole Kidman's character in the movie To Die For was a narcissistic personality disorder. And these people can turn their anger on a medical clinic also. And turn it upside down, I can see. Now, what are some of the clues from your years of experience that can help the primary care doctor to sense a potential problem before it happens? What, what are the triggers? What can he or she be aware of? Look for sense of entitlement. Look for anger. And the first visit that somebody comes in, if they're standing at the front afterwards and they're demanding that your staff do this and do that and find this and find that, uh, what smaller medical clinics or medical clinics that are equipped can do with that patient is gently give them their money back because a lot of times the personality disorders focus on the money. They say, that doctor cheated me out of my $200. If you give them their money back and you don't establish an enmeshed relationship, or during the first visit, if you realize this is going to be a major problem, this person is angry, they're angry at the medical profession, they have a major sense of entitlement, you can gently say you don't think that you can help them, you can give them referrals. Don't get enmeshed as easily, but recognize in them. And if you do keep them in your practice, definitely set limits. Whether you accept any abuse of the staff or not, I prefer not to accept any abuse, or whether it's one, two, or three strikes and they're out, you have to determine when you're going to dismiss the patient. You have to dismiss them correctly. But just recognizing the personality disorders gives us a, a major leg up. So I can see where a doctor might refer to an outside source or he may decide to fire that patient from his practice. How does a doctor go about removing a patient from their practice in a safe way that doesn't put himself or his staff at risk? Well, these patients are angry, and often they'll complain to the Department of Regulation of the state. When they turn persecutor and get angry with a doctor or the clinic, 
There's threats of lawsuits or real lawsuits, and there's often an underlying threat of violence. So to dismiss them gently with uh, a certified letter, uh, officially we only have to give them enough time to find another physician or one month, it varies, but I don't think there's any reason why not to give two or three months. It doesn't mean that the person who's angry and demanding 20 Vicodin a day that you have to give them any medicine, uh, but help them in any way transferring records, giving them records. The only thing that patients can often complain about is that you abandon them, so I would give plenty of time. Thank you, Dr. Robbins, for being our guest today to discuss patients with personality disorders. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Larry Robbins, for being with us today to talk about personality disorders in the primary care practice. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.